BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. And it starts right now. So, welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting display podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Guys, I'm still I'm still floating. I, I I'm still high from last week, Michael McKeon and Pot. But <laughs> yes. mostly, mostly oh, Michael McKeon. First Mike, joke of the day. First joke of the day. Oh, <laughs> boy. Wow. Controversy already. Uh, that was, no, it was so great talking with him and listening back to him. He was so generous with his stories. And, and yeah. JC, as you said, him singing for us was, was like, unbelievable. Beautiful. Beautiful. I also I think you like the fact that I barely talked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was something soothing about the whole podcast. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Second joke of the day. Second joke of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you're breaking out the Letterman cackle. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Extra derision. <laughs> Extra derision. Uh, no, that was that was fun last week. But Goldie, uh, we're going to talk about your your neighborhood uh, in a minute. Yeah. Um, but there's something else that you and I have talked about over the years and I'm experiencing right now oh. is you have this very funny theory about the animal kingdom and life on this planet. And I'm going through it right now. And I'll tell you why, because yesterday in two separate events that I, I had no idea when they happened or how they happened, I got a little cut on the back of my index finger oh, and a little cut on the front of my middle finger. They happened at different times during the day. And already I feel like I'm, I'm going to be thinned from the herd. Like I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't do anything. Can't Everything I do reminds me of it. I've got the, the, you know, I, showering, you get this all of a sudden the electric stinging. I can't grip <laughs> things. Oh, you know, oh, I, I had a bandaid. You can't oh. wear it in the shower. They have it water. just comes off. Okay. Um, you know, it's the 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 pinky out teacup masturbation. Now it's it's just nothing's working. <laughs> oh my right. god! <laughs> but you you've always talked about this. Yeah, three things wrong with you, even if they're small and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like what ends up happening is, I mean, first of all, it's interesting that your parchment thin skin isn't just a metaphor. It's right. It's, <laughs> it's a reality. It's but, really true. But. So, you know, because you've got now both your hands are something a little wrong with them. That leads to you slightly mishandling a knife and then it falls and like hits oh. your foot. Then you can't walk right. And then you're dead. Yes, <laughs> that's it. The yeah. Like you have to be so behind. careful right now. If you get a third thing. Yeah. It's yep. over. The lions will come. Right now, you. I only have one thing wrong with me. But it yeah. sounds like oh, a big one. You. you feel like. Super well, my, I, my arms fall asleep while I sleep. And they were asleep for so long last night that I, that 
they're now a little like numb still. But like what ends up happening is when I sleep, I wake up, realize my arms are asleep, and then I have to throw my arms over the side of the bed, but I can't <laughs> use my arms. Oh, no. So I just kind of like rolling. <laughs> I think it has over. to do with my mattress actually more than because when I sleep in a different bed, it doesn't seem to happen. Oh, I love it. Um, this is, uh, like, you know, a mattress you buy once and you're pot committed. It's like, well, I got to do this for 20 years now. I think I spent like, you know, thirty eight hundred dollars on this stupid avocado mattress Flip it that, over. Flip it over. Will that do anything? I mean, they say that, you know, every few years you, you, you can flip it over and you get kind of a renewed spring coil strength. Flip it over with what? My legs? I can't use my arms. <laughs> with, with your wife. Oh, flip it over with your wife. Yeah. Uh, also, then I would I have to, it. like, remake the bed, which is almost worse than just dying. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of your numb arms. Like, it's like weekend at Goldie's. Like, yeah. You've got, like, dead over. arms. They're just flopping. slightly, like, they're just slightly sore. It's not I like I have use. the same just... thing. I, weirdly, though, I discovered one time I was sleeping with my arms straight up like with my elbows on the mattress and so the blood was flowing out of my hands so maybe you're sleeping funny it just kind (laughs) of doesn't make sense that we have to like lie there for a third of a day and not (laughs) not know what's going on that's true to function the rest of the time like shouldn't we just die 20 years sooner and be awake the whole time (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, wow. It's too, oh, you see too much. No, you'd be too tired. Go, I'm already tired as it is. I know, no, I know. I wake up and like my first thought is like, how, what's the minimum amount I can do before I just go back to bed? Ooh, the, the stock I minimum. That. I told you, I'm, I'm eyeing that. Uh, you know, I have a bedtime reminder, 9.35 every night. I know. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Snap proof. into action. The phone told me to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, so Goldie, uh, could tell us because we this is a Halloween themed episode with our top five right. later, and you got stuff going on in your neighborhood right now. What's happening so, on your street? You know, I think maybe I've talked before about how when we were children, Halloween mm-hmm. was one day. Yeah. And now it's a month. It's become yeah. spooky Ramadan. It, like <laughs> somehow it turns October first, and like my street is, you know, had had begun this tradition. When I moved here 11 years ago, or 12 years ago at this point, uh, so there are lighting designers who live on the street and clever set designers and yeah. Hollywood people, and they really go all out and do a great job decorating their homes. You know, like there's light shows and yeah. and and homes are entirely transformed. And then that became, well, let's close down this oh. street it started to draw traffic. Now, oh, it wow. started, this is, again is for children. And it's a narrow house. street. And, and like when I was a kid, the costume you would get, your, that day my parents would go to a store and the one I remember the most was it was, it came in a box, it was $3 and it was just bozo. And it was like <laughs> a rubber <laughs> face you would wear and kind of like a plastic rainbow smock. And, and yeah. it's like, you're going as bozo. There was no like, <laughs> What are you going to be? And like, let's instill yes. a sense of wonder. It was like, here, we bought you this fucking bozo in a box thing. <laughs> now yep. put it on. And the, and it's so the, the people in your neighborhood who, you know, keep tabs on like, oh, what kids live in my neighborhood? Oh, that kid's getting older. Oh, look at them now. Oh, they look cute. That's what it's supposed to be. Here's yep. some yep. candy for you, the children. But what my neighborhood has become Ugh. 
is it's the fucking fire festival of Halloween now. <laughs> oh like, my God. People You're who trapped. don't live here are converging on my neighborhood by the thousands. And so, <laughs> wow. Three years ago, because of COVID, I don't, you know, because I live up steps, I didn't want anyone coming to my door. So I put, I bought a hunk of rubber PVC pipe and we created this thing called the candy chute. So I could stand on my balcony. That's and kids genius. could put their basket Holy on the bottom, and I drop candy down the chute. And this became kind of like a feature of the block. Now it's people like, oh, it's the candy chute house. So, <laughs> yeah. So last year, we bought I don't know five, six, eight of those Costco bags of candy. Wow. It wasn't enough. It was like thousands of pieces of candy. Like I don't know any of these oh. kids. They're all fucking greedy. They're like, can I have this kind? They're shouting oh up the balcony. God. It's like. Take your fucking thing and get the fuck out of here. So, I mean, it's it's like a mob scene. And so then the last year, the, the breaking point for me was, you, do you know Seal, the musician? Yeah. Yeah, do I? So people are like, Seal's here. Seal's on the street. Oh, my God. So Seal's walking around dressed like a piece of bread. He's just a giant piece of bread. Presumably Seal lives in a nice neighborhood where they're giving away candy. So... I don't need wow. fucking seal on my street right. standing under my candy shoot getting candy like seal <laughs> should have his own candy. Yes, his own like, shoot. This, this is insane now yes. that like I like I can't even walk. I can't even bring my kids on my own street. It's too fucking crowded. Wow. With yeah. like celebrities who are coming to my street and then the kids leave, you know, around nine, the kids leave and then adults like grownups <laughs> are now asking for candy what? it's just fucking grown-ups in costumes who are like now i'm trick-or-treating uh. and i was and so like i was telling someone this and they were saying well you know maybe they're food insecure people and they're and it's like no they shouldn't be eating fucking candy then right. like <laughs> yeah. that, that, that it's not if you're not eating any food then you're not supposed to just Have eat candy. skittles that's right. not it's not good for you yeah. and so you, like you I'm a- getting yelled at, and then people are like, you know, they're they're unhoused. Which, like, I get. I now understand why the term homeless is offensive. Someone explained it to me and made a lot of sense because you, you're saying that they may have a shelter where they live, and that is their home. And you were saying that they do not have a home, right? Right. To call them unhoused, you're just saying that that thing's not a house. It's it's transferring <laughs> the problem, right? Yeah, like yeah, so. Whatever people who do not live in a conventional structure, which yes, we would yeah. call a home, apartment, con- <laughs> if, if they're coming by, I give a lot of money to the LA Food Bank, by the way. By the way, yeah, nice. Yeah. I give a lot of money to the LA Public Library. Yeah. Amazing. They're yeah. in my will. So if someone thinks that I am not a good enough person, I will challenge you <laughs> to a will off right now that we will, we will go on Wilshire Boulevard, which is important, Wilshire. we'll both Get our wills out. <laughs> wills we will take shirt. 10 paces from we'll each other. We'll hold up our wills we'll, to see who's we'll a better live. person. I guarantee you I'm a better person according to my will. So don't tell me <laughs> that like, like I'm a liberal person and now I'm being yelled at because I don't think our plan should just be to give people who are food insecure small amounts of Skittles to sustain them on my street. <laughs> then yeah. I think there's a better solution than just swing on by, like just spend a lot of money on a costume, swing on by, and then your plan for nutrition should be a small packs of jujubes. <laughs> and I'm the asshole. Uh. Like it has to stop at a certain point. It has yes. to just be kids. 
Yes. This you is madness. Also, what if you just got the worst candy? Then they won't come I, back. Well, I, it's like I do want, I do want like the neighborhood kids and my That's kids' true. friends who I know. I, I do That's want true. them. I don't want Seal dressed as a piece of bread <laughs> shouting up at me to give him candy. Oh, we're never going to survive unless we get a little candy. It's, it's like literally like the, the, there are celebrities who come here now to to like be seen on Instagram. It's, I am so, That's crazy. I hate it. Uh, I hate well, Goldie, it. a couple of thoughts here. First of all, yeah. your PVC uh, pipe, which I think is very cool, should have a vacuum function. <laughs> if, if, if the adults come like oh, I want candy too it's like wrong and I'm taking yours to give yes. to kids because you're an adult yes. um, secondly with the wills I've always said this you know we all have a will I also want to have a won't that just lists things lists people I'm not giving to not giving won't. to you won't give you anything we have specific people our children are not supposed to go to listed <laughs> Amazing. It's like a secret list that can never get out. <laughs> I know John Viner's on that list. <laughs> no, Not... they they love Viner's Aww. great with them. That's oh sweet. good. Well, he must yeah. be their godfather. Oh no, He'd wait, be he's perfect. Le- Levy's well, you godfather. know my my <laughs> first knows her. the first thing that I wanted to do is we just leave them to Tom Cruise because what's <laughs> what's he gonna say no? <laughs> like that would be such a dick move. So I said we, we should just. Leave but them to they're... Harry and Megan. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. At least they're not Like, what are they going to publicly say no? And then, <laughs> you know, you release posthumously Genius. an Instagram post saying we've left our kids to Harry and Megan, and you just shame. They have to take them. Yeah. Oh, the hip, the hip posthumous. Um, I, <laughs> I love all that. I have yeah, an idea. Go ahead. To get people to go away from your house, send them yeah. to Josh Robert Thompson's house, because he is encouraging people to go to every year, he does a huge Halloween thing. Right. And then tell the celebrities that's the place yeah. to be. And then. Yeah, no, it's too yeah. late by that point, though. <laughs> it's just kind of true. They're already in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's true. Um, oh, Galdi, that's really funny. And yeah. I'm sorry that you're that's about funny. to go through that whirlwind. That's Whirl. going to be brutal. It's, and it's something an else. invading horde. I will post it on Instagram and I will show you, like, you cannot. Oh, the horde cannot- even walk that's so crazy we want to see pics that's going to be great that's going to be a nightmare and something else that's a nightmare is right now johnny jokes here's the man himself johnny oh there's my weak Golf swing, my 1992 week golf swing. All right, here we go. <laughs> a South American company has created a biodegradable burial pod that will turn your body into a tree. Uh, when the company president was asked what kind of tree, he said one that milks saps. <laughs> milks saps. Uh, and here's kind of a sad story, and uh, Goldie, I may need your assistance on this one. Legendary actor Sir Michael Caine has announced that he is officially retiring from acting. He was only 90 years old. You were only supposed to blow the bloody doors up. You know, the problem with the old Michael Caine, it's, it's, it's too high. The, the, the years of whiskey and brandy have lowered it. 
She was only 90 years old. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, you don't do the broken voice. Yeah, the broken voice when he gets very emotional. <laughs> he gets when he gets very emotional. He gets very emotional indeed. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew you'd like jumping in on that one. Uh, here, uh, okay, maybe you heard this story from overseas. The Venice airport has been closed after a flock of seagulls blocked an Emirates flight bound for Tehran. Uh, passengers were understandably upset as Iran's so far away. <laughs> Flock of seagulls. Yeah. They did oh, it. All good. right. And finally, kind of a sad story here, JC. Get that index finger ready. <laughs> Beloved Three's Company star Suzanne Summers died suddenly last week at the age of 76. Aww. He gone! Uh, attempts at CPR were totally misinterpreted by Mr. Furley. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Johnny too. All right, here we go. Well, <clears throat> tragedy continues to unfold in the Middle East. Uh, yeah, the Gaza Strip is now so bleak and destroyed, they're thinking of opening an Arby's. <laughs> I don't know how you keep finding comedy over there. but you Well, <laughs> you know, amid worsening diplomatic conditions, President Biden is considering a trip to Israel. But aides are telling him to just trip here. (laughs) (laughs) Double. There we go. Well, the company LinkedIn laid off 700 employees this week. Uh, Yeah. They were advised to immediately get out of LinkedIn and immediately get on LinkedIn. (laughs) In her new book, Jada Pinkett... Says she and Will Smith have not been living together as husband and wife for seven years. Yeah. Uh, This confirmed Hollywood's worst kept secret that she's been slapping with other men. (laughs) And finally. That's great. uh, Aaron Rodgers is back to throwing a football a mere three weeks after Achilles surgery. Uh, He says if this incredible progress continues... By early November, he could be doing drugs in a cave. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent crop. What a rough week this was to do that. Well, by the way, we talked beforehand and you said you weren't sure if you had it. I can tell you, you had it. You had it. By the skin of my head. Uh, This week, we want to talk a little bit, because a lot of you out there, um, whether you're a writer or not, you are called upon at a certain point to give a toast at your friend's wedding, at a relative's uh, bar or bas mitzvah, at uh, somebody's 50th birthday party, although thankfully Goldie didn't give his at mine. The sort of blocked, Uh, blocked punt would be bas mitzvot. (laughs) <laughs> the bus mitzvot. <laughs> I love that. I love getting into the weeds with bar and bus mitzvot. Um, yes, but so a lot of people dread this. Yes. And uh, I think you'll find as we talk about it that we also dread this, even though we are comedy writers and should theoretically be a little more comfortable doing this. 
But Goldie, we were talking a little bit beforehand. I think you had the greatest piece of advice right out of the gate about toasts and speeches. Yeah. So the Navy SEALs say the best way to win a fight is to never get in a fight. Yes, yes. that is. The best toast, <laughs> the best thing to do with a toast is to get out of giving the toast before speaking. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> Plan A. there's so little upside and there's <laughs> infinite downside. Yeah. All you can do, if you do a good job, it'll just be remembered as did a good job. They might remember one thing you said. Yep. If you did a bad job, ruined the wedding. <laughs> yes. Ruined the funeral. We're completely inappropriate. Offended, Grandpa. Walked the room. Left everyone angry. Destroyed the vibe of the event. Couldn't dance after that. Ended the friendship. <laughs> Nightmare. Never invited. Or, or it. you know, it was good. You, you know, you were funny. <laughs> oh, that was that was funny. Good job. That's it. That's the big upside. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for me, I have noticed also, and I love that first piece of advice. Like, yeah. get out of it. To, best way to win a fight is not to be in a fight. Um, let's let's have the seals say that. It rhymes a little better. Um, <laughs> but what also I think you have to a big thing to take into consideration is the crowd. Like yeah. who who are who are you giving a toast to? Who are you giving this speech to? You have to tailor what you're saying to a particular crowd. And I'll give you an example because you want you want a home game, so mm -hmm. it's usually best. Like my uh, cousin Emily got married uh, right before COVID. I think okay. it actually started COVID. It was in January <laughs> of 2020, and like everybody got sick after the wedding, um, but. That particular section of my family, that's my home game. They're the bill. They're my Bills Mafia. Like <laughs> they think that you know. Oh, he works in comedy. They think everything I say is so funny. And yeah. so it was a like it was a layup. And I knew the certain things and people that I, you, you want to reference the right people that everyone knows. You want to do the jokes that have been working for decades, do a new little twist on them somehow. And at this particular wedding, and I, I would never advise this, but I will say that in this case it helped. In this wedding, when I was giving a toast, I had a guest, John Viner, who was not invited to be part of this podcast, but was invited to be part of that wedding toast because my family knows him as well. He burst in in the middle of my speech and demanded that they stop the wedding that he wanted to marry my cousin. <laughs> oh, that's and, great. And it was it was a huge success and everybody. <laughs> I don't I don't know how the groom particularly felt about it. Because <laughs> yeah. you have like a six five handsome guy bursting in like I want to take your your fiance away. But the family loved it. And so that was sort of an example of a speech with a lot of upside. And you got to take the layups when you can get them. So. As you say, avoid a toast when you can. But if you see a layup possibility, take the toast, take the layup. Sure. But I think you're describing a rare circumstance, which is that as part of the family, you're doing it to the family. Like more often than not, you're not part of the family. You're At least in the, in the times I've given a wedding toast, I was a Weddings. friend. And oh, so wow. I would say there needs to be an awareness of the event. If you have to do this, you want to do it at the rehearsal dinner. Oh, yes. yes. Because everyone's loose. Everyone's it's loose. not the wedding. 
Yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing is every man dreams of his wedding day his entire life. And if <laughs> things don't go right at that wedding, the man will be devastated <laughs> because he's been picturing specifically how his wedding will go since he's a little. No. The wedding is obviously a loaded event. And there's expectations, we can say typically with the bride and her family, yes. of how things will go. And so the the amount of, of risque material you could do or the amount of, like, chances you can take is much narrower at the wedding itself. So I will say, but the rehearsal dinner, we all know it, it kind of doesn't count. It's like a preseason game. Yeah. Yes. So fun, I would, first thing I would do would just be like, hey, I like, I'd like to speak. Can I do it at the rehearsal dinner? Yep. Ooh, there you go. Great. That's yeah. great advice. And also it's funny that you mentioned the the man woman dynamic, yeah. which I think you you hit on the hit the nail on the head pretty well there. Um but another thing and it's sort of changing and I guess good, it, it's been a tradition for for a long time that the bride's family pays for the mm-hmm. wedding itself. Mm-hmm. And the groom's family kind of takes care of that rehearsal dinner that you're talking about. So that's an extra advantage to have for the rehearsal dinner because you get the the groom's family. Presumably, the groom, you know, isn't as in you know isn't quite as invested in the whole thing going perfectly. So you have a little more wiggle room there. Also, the rehearsal dinner much cheaper, and so if you go up there and you kind of like fuck shit up. It's not. No one's ever going to be like, and you ruined my rehearsal dinner. Like that's just not a thing. Like it can't be ruined. Although, (laughs) well, this wasn't a ruined rehearsal dinner, but I, I had a friend who told me about. Have you? Did you ever go to Keen's Steakhouse in New York or Keen's Chop House? It's kind of a famous New York restaurant. Anyway, the friend told me this was going back twenty five years, maybe twenty years that he he went to a dinner. And it was like kind of I guess it was the bachelor party. I don't really know. But it was it was the night before the wedding where uh, so they went to this dinner and they they used to hand out Meerschaum pipes at this place. Wow. They had a private room. I don't know if they still hand out the pipes. They're smoking the pipes. Strippers came in. <laughs> they The bride's brother was there. These strippers blew the groom and blew the groom's dad. And the the bride's brother was just like. This is appalling. <laughs> the wedding's off. And the oh wedding my off. god, it wasn't expected. So, yeah, so so I guess you yeah, so I guess you can theoretically ruin things. But it wasn't the toast that did it. <laughs> but anyway, that's a sidebar. It, that it, it wasn't it wasn't the toast, but two two ladies were up at the microphone, apparently. Uh, oh, two well, microphones. Uh, anyway, different era. But that is um, that's an I can't believe I've never heard that story from you before. That is amazing. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but so, but just go on my personal experience. Like so, every couple. So say you're at the rehearsal dinner. You've navigated that correctly. So you've yeah. got a little leeway to play with, and you want to be funny, which I don't advise anyone to do because you don't have to be. Like so. Right. My second thing would be. Just to be genuine and emotional and brief, like you could literally get up there and so many people do this and and they're like, you know, my sister is just so special. (laughs) And then people like kind of usher them away because they're too (laughs) verklempt. And then everyone goes like, that was so sweet. How you. So you're going to get like as much or more credit 
for just going like, you know what, I've had the toughest times <laughs> in my life. <laughs> He's been there and I just, give me a razor glass. And, and, um, and you get out and you don't have to do anything. So if you can right. conjure. Todd Kidder at my wedding. Yeah. Oh, love yeah, it. Did he do that? He gave a great emotional speech. Oh, it was so great. See? Yeah. And, there you go. and yeah. clearly it <laughs> you then desecrated the speech with what you did <laughs> with how seriously oh, by, you took those vows. By the marriage, by the marriage not yeah. working out. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's still I'm still it. waiting on a I, thank you note for that pan, my friend. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's going on 25 years here. I don't know if that's <laughs> but uh, 20, 20. Okay. So, but I will say that like, I, you know, having done this now three or four times that, and having gone to acting school, I've always left real estate for myself at the end of the thing to get genuinely emotional, which, yeah. because oh, that's, that's they'll also forgive the joke. They, they might not otherwise forgive. Yes. You don't want you a lot just, riding on these back. jokes. Yes. You, you never want. Emotion. Now, if you're going to make these jokes, you stay away from the bride. This should be common sense. Yes. You do not poke fun at the bride. Ooh, you just you just don't. Don't poke the bear. Why right. why do don't. that? It's it's her, because know. it's it's, you know, you you don't. It's it's yeah. bad form. Yeah. But like there is with every couple there's some truth about the couple that everyone kind of knows and and circles but doesn't say and you can like one of my friends' weddings, they were both 42 years old and it was their yeah. first wedding. And so I got up and I said, you know, they're such a great couple. And um, it's it's so touching, you know, when someone's part of one of these December, December romances. <laughs> yeah. And it was sort of like that kind of like was a big joke. And that was close. That was, I thought, very close to the line because you're kind of calling the bride old or whatever. But everyone knew and people remembered and the that joke. And then I did a bunch of genuine stuff about how it when it, when you're as good as they are it takes a, a, an incredibly long time to find someone as good as you right yeah so, so you you buy it that's back good. that's a little good buy back you don't you don't just get up there and become a comedy monster right, okay? right. You hold back. you're not you're not whitney cummings <laughs> <laughs> so that the, the the first thing i'd be is, is if you're gonna do comedy there's something about the couple maybe don't make it about one of them make it about the couple because then you're not singling anyone out either right yes. i you know i think people always want to go at the sexual history which i would not not do. a good idea not a good idea. yeah like say um you know this guy we never thought he'd get married it's it's <laughs> and that's horrible every yeah, time i've seen awful. that done it's never day. worked once yeah um, no. but like say you were gonna get married again yeah who like so, let's just make an like a live example here. So, what okay. what would I hit on? The first thing I would I would hit on is like, you know, uh, Alex Alkin's wedding. Uh, here we go again, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> you know, like I would do. I would do, just acknowledge that you've been right. You've been married and before. We're you know? back. Yeah. <laughs> so good to see everyone again, and with the same youthful enthusiasm we had. <laughs> we're no no more the world weary for this. <laughs> so you, you you sit there. You you you. You pitch a tent there and camp out for for a minute, minute and a half. But you shouldn't pitch a tent when you're giving a toast. Well, no. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> but, but I will say, you know, say you're younger and single and you, you play this right, you will be getting attention. 
Yes. In that absolutely. respect. Ooh, oh, nice. yeah. yeah. Particularly yeah. if you show the genuine emotion. So the first thing yes. I would do is I would, I would, there's some truth about it again, lightly needle the groom. Right. Yes. Then who the fuck is paying for this event? You fucking thank them ooh, ooh, and yes. build them up and point them out. And you just yes. say, what an amazing dinner. I have never had a lamb chop so perfectly cooked. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for the generosity of, That's you smart. Know, for hosting yeah. us on this incredible weekend. That's so smart. Yes, yes, yes. Because then Start you can throwing th- mint jelly at the crowd. <laughs> yeah, Goldie. By the way, you are one of the uh, absolute experts at this. Every time I've seen you give a speech, it's been hysterical. Uh, whether it's been in an event that involves me or involves anyone else, you're always oh. terrific at this. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> you go from you thank the person, and here's what you do. The the groom's party is fair game. Just start teeing off on the buddies Ooh. and yes. giving them the business. Yep. Got it. Why are they still single? Like, what took so, you know. Charlie's the best man. What was uh, Max Shkreli not available? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Martin Shkreli. Martin Shkreli. (laughs) Yeah, you just just rail on the scumbags in the the groom's party. Yep, of which (laughs) there will be plenty. By now, if you've been up a minute and a half and you can turn on the waterworks – about Ooh. what it means at this stage in life. What how difficult a time we've been through through COVID. Yeah. And that these types of events can no longer be taken for granted. Ooh. Yes. And that we should all test immediately tomorrow morning to make sure we do not <laughs> you know, like you just <laughs> yeah, right, you can but, build on that. But get it. Yeah, no one wants to hear your whole history with this person. No one wants to like I, I was at a wedding a, about a year ago and I feel like everyone just felt like they had to go into such detail. And it's just like Yes, Listen, man, get, a, get in, a minute out. and a half. No one's ever like, oh, God, I would have – you cut it so short. I know. <laughs> I know because invariably, as you say, there are people who have no idea who are, are you know, shut-ins most of the year apparently, don't get to talk to a lot of people, and they use this as their opportunity like – this is my, you know, this guy was my college roommate sophomore spring. So here comes a 17 minute speech. And it's yeah. just like, then by, it, it's like 1045 and you're all sitting there still and you're like, this should have been over at, at 930. Yes. Yeah. I'll say one, one other technique before we move on to eulogies, because I wanted Ooh. to touch on those too, which is the flip side. Yeah. Uh, Like a a great way to sort of get the crowd at first is, and I did this when I was single. It wouldn't work as well now, but you get up there and your tie's a little off. You present yourself as kind of a rakish mess. Like you just go, oh, I just flew in. I've been, this is (laughs) crazy. And then then, however sloppy it is, they kind of get, so you just kind of create a vibe that you're like, you've had a few, uh, well, if I'd known right. I was doing this, I'm, someone might have wanted to cut me off, All right. but yeah. no one did. Thanks. I Thanks, in. Mr. Bartender. You know, like you just, just present yourself as a mess and, and just yes. go like, I can't, I don't know how I'm friends with them. Right. Like, look at them. They're so well put together and look at me. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's good. Yep. Put it on yourself. Yeah. They and, have and, everything. I have nothing. Yes. Must be nice to be in love. You know, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, to put shit on yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and also, before we get to eulogies, I wanted to just say this phrase because it's something people might remember. Put a little roast in your toast. Ah. Put a little roast in your toast. And, and emphasis on the little. Yes. A little roast in your toast, and that will get people laughing. Nice. Yeah. Like, roast. a great thing is if 
if the groom is more than two years older than the bride. Yes. Cradle robber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, really shine a spotlight on that. And then yeah. we're, we're all we're all cracking our knuckles for John Viner's eventual wedding when we oh. get to use all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be incredible. That's gonna be that's gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But like you know, to sum up, shit yep. on yourself, shit on the groomsmen. Do not shit on the environment. No nope. food. The nope. Bride. The bride. <laughs> Nope. Anyone you don't know. Yep. Uh, I think that about covers and, it. And 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 avoid it if you can. Avoid oh, right. it. Right. That's yeah. Yes. And yeah. and also short, short. Get in, get out, close with emotion. Yes. Get in, short, close with emotion. You're done. Yeah. Boom. Love and it. and Love and the more broken down you can appear, the more kind of yeah. like nice hugs you're gonna get after. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's yeah. I love it. I love all that advice. All right. For well, your, so let's. For your own let's, creepy diabolical purposes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of which there are many. So let's let's move on to uh, eulogies because I'm, okay. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. So okay. these are obviously, again, the same advice applies. Like you really don't want to be up there. But there is the, you know, it is an honorable thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know I've given I, I've given kind of two and a half of these now I would wow. say like you know so I would say what passes for comedy in these is a very low bar so you low, don't need yeah. to really put your joke writing cap on but what you want to do is I would say uh, is people are not looking for you to make some grandiose statement about life I made this mistake I feel like when I gave my dad's eulogy I, I it was almost like I wanted to give this great Greek oration and i think yeah. right it's just the wrong way to go you don't even because speak you're no one's gonna learn anything from you right, <laughs> right. Interesting. yeah you know like you're not barack obama <laughs> right <laughs> so the more personal and less general you can be i think the better like what the person meant to you like i starting off uh you know how you met the person what was that first interaction like and you know, like when I, I did it for my mother-in-law, I remember, I don't remember if this was in the speech or not, but I remember like the first time I met her, she was very unimpressed with me, which felt like, <laughs> right. so yes. I liked her instantly. You yeah. know, so, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So yes. it, it, it gives you like an entree into who the person was. And then you, the, you create the arc of how they opened up to you. You open up to them and what yeah. you shared and the time you shared. That's sweet. I'm emotional just thinking. How <laughs> sad you are. For yeah. this, you know, yeah, you list their accomplishments. They did X, Y, Z, and again the same thing. You know, four minutes. You you get you, because I think I think you go into these things like I used to think. Oh, I have the responsibility for how people are going to remember this, how people are going to remember this person and what their legacy. No, you don't. You're yeah. not that important. The person's right. legacy oh, is advice. the legacy yeah. and the impression they left on people. Um, you know, but what you can also do is solicit stories from people close to that person and a great thing to do and a great way to get content, which is all we're trying to do. (laughs) Tell the other person's story. Yeah. I heard a great, I was taught, you know, as we remember this person, I was talking to blank. There were so many stories and I heard, they told me, she told me this thing about her. I never knew that, you know, when she was eight, she blah, blah, blah. I never knew. And it just goes to show that, like, 
for all the stuff we do know, imagine the stuff we don't. You know, that's a great way to get content is you yeah. you, you you do a little investigative reporting yeah, as you people. gather for the funeral. But you don't what you don't do is you don't go like they were born December eighth, nineteen forty two, in Des Moines, Iowa. They went to college, and, and, and you know, you're not the the Stephen Wright DJing in the Tarantino <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Oh and now, God. little green bag. Well, speaking of that, I just had an idea. Tell me, yay or nay on this? Yeah. If you can, if you can work it with the uh, funeral home. Uh, John Viner and, bursts in and says, "No, <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm I want to be in that to, coffin. <laughs> I oh, want to no. get in there. Get out of there." Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. You know, they announce, and now, uh, you know, uh, to speak about uh, the late whoever is uh, son-in-law John Goldblatt instantly over the loudspeakers. <laughs> 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 you just come in with the Carson theme. You're, I'd say you'll know home. from the tone of the funeral up to that point whether that would yes. be the right choice. I want to I, I want to spotlight a couple things. A great and and this goes contrary to the advice we're giving, and I totally agree with. That's like fine. when you're when you're doing a eulogy, you don't, as you say, you don't put on the joke writing hat. Like you can, the level of joke is very low, and it can I go will, it can go wrong. It can go wrong mm. fast. I will say, you can watch this on YouTube. When uh, Graham Chapman died, uh, founding member of Monty Python, and he died in the in the eighties. Obviously, the, the rest of Monty Python were there, and they all gave speeches. If you look up John Cleese's speech at Graham Chapman's funeral, it's I, I, it's certainly the funniest eulogy I've ever heard. Like he just got up there. And 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 tore Graham Chapman a new asshole like from the stand, but like all in a very British like right. proper I'm six five and hilarious way. Yeah. But you you have to watch it because he he threads such a uh uh you know a small needle that it was it was worth worth it for uh you know worth coming up with the jokes for that end result. Something else as we were talking on both sides of this uh, eulogies, but in particular the first half. I do feel like we have to acknowledge Rich Appel because oh, Toastmaster General, yeah, absolutely. Like mm. he's a guy, and obviously we all work with him um, over at Family Guy. But he is someone who has become so good at this kind of stuff that he gets like called in to do toasts where <laughs> he's not even really affiliated with wow. the event. Like people like Dana Walden. And, you know, really high up people, our, our friend Dana Walden, by the way, <laughs> will will call upon Rich saying, hey, I need to make this toast or speech at this event. Can you help me with it? And Rich wow. is so good at it. He puts such care into it. And he's like the perfect example of any family function. He is going to be the funniest guy. And it's also going to be incredibly smart and he'll get to the touching part. Like he does all the advice that you gave Goldie. Yeah. Whereas, wow. as you know, and you, you were giving the advice, which I agree with for people like us, you come in a little slovenly, the tie under rich is not that way. No, he'll come in. He'll come in impeccable. He will deliver tight, perfectly timed jokes and then get wow. to an emotional part and get out. So wow. he, he gets also, emotional. He gets very emotional. Emotional indeed. <laughs> and he does the, he does the broken voice. The broken yeah, voice. Yeah, I'm I'm giving advice to people who like don't want to do this. 
Yes. yes. Are only going to do it once in their life. Get up a little bit of a mess. Light jokes. Emotional truth. Your relationship yep. to them. Yep. The the larger sort of, you know, how nice it is to see everyone, how nice it is to be surrounded, leading to some genuine hopeful breakdown, which people will see you as a nice, sensitive mess, and they'll say you did a good job out of pity. Nice. Yes. That's and you've great. checked the box <laughs> and can I, I get wanna, on with your life. I want to bring up one other story, which is sort of the downside of this, because we were talking about, you know, speeches as well. And so one year, Seth MacFarlane, our boss, was asked to give the commencement address at Harvard. Yeah. So like this is a this is a big deal. This is like I want to say like 2008 ish in that era. And so, of course, he had a, a few of us, you know, writing jokes, coming up with one liners for him uh, for the event. And so <laughs> Danny Smith, who we love and yes. is the funniest, like sweetest guy in the world, was pushing for this joke um, where I don't remember how exactly Seth got into it. But um, there was a, a line about, um, but, you know, but not on Tuesdays because Wednesdays. Not on think, Wednesdays, yeah. because in Boston's North End, Wednesdays is Prince Spaghetti Day, which used to be in the 70s. There was a famous commercial for Prince Spaghetti that had like this little kid running through the streets and the mom yelling, Anthony, and, and like say Wednesdays yeah. in Boston's and North End. It, I don't know if it's just because my TV was black and white, but I feel like it may have been in black and white. Like it was <laughs> not old. current. No, very old. So, oh my God. so Danny pushed for this joke and saying, Seth, like, oh, they're going to love it there. It's in, you know, you're in the Boston area. It's going to play huge. So this was at the beginning of like live streaming. Like oh, it was no. really, you know, very new. So we were able to watch the event from, wow. from our offices and it was raining that day for the event. <laughs> so everybody had umbrellas, you know, and Seth's up there on the stage. Seth gets to this joke, uh, but not on Wednesdays because uh, in Boston's North End, Wednesdays is Prince Spaghetti Day. Silence. All you could hear was the very loud rain hitting a thousand umbrellas. <laughs> like, it just, I remember literally being there with Danny and Danny right away to his credit was just like, oh boy, he's going to be so mad. <laughs> and, and Seth has never, as Seth never forgets yeah. like when, when he feels like he's been hung out to dry. Every yeah. Wednesday, yeah. a box of pasta arrives the at office. Danny's doorstep. <laughs> Uh, so that's the downside of the speech. So I guess the overall point of that would be trust trust your instincts. Like don't don't yeah. let anyone tell you what to say in your speech. Yeah, yes. and that and that a lot less qualifies as a good job than you think. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. absolutely right. All right. Well, well I had a fun. question. We, yeah, well, go ahead. Sorry, I don't know if if you want to address this, but I was curious how you guys when we had our dinner with the guests right. from the podcast, you both had amazing speeches. There's and controversy about this already. Goldie's very, still angry about this. Why? Because well, I... Well, because fe Goldie felt like I was preparing for a very long time when I... No, what it was was that sprung afternoon. sprung it on me. Yeah, but that was when I evening. started. <laughs> that's when I started preparing. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking I'm going to say a few words. And you were like, it was too late. But you, you gave up a hilarious speech. Both of well. your speeches. So how do you, in a room full of 
comedians, people you respect. You guys both killed. It was so, fu- they were both so funny in your own ways. How do you find, I how can, do you prepare I, for something I know like for this? me, for me, I, I, I mentioned everybody, you know, like I, I wanted to make sure that even, even by telling a, a, a negative joke about somebody, yeah. I wanted to mention everybody because it's like they all just want to be talked about. We all do. Oh, that's yes. You know, so the whole that, the situation makes them as nervous as it makes us. Right. <laughs> that's right. funny. Because they're worried about how people are going to be looking at them to see how they react. Ooh. Particularly if you mention their name, yes. and they have to have a smile plastered to their face, yes. or they're a quote bad sport who doesn't get it. Right. right. That's. A I was good counting point. on that, and I knew I knew that I had to go in heavy on Levitan. I and that was part of the joke. It was like I was going to mention Levitan first and more than anyone else, just sort of out of respect to his clearly elevated position uh, amongst that group. Oh right, um, okay. but then it, then it was it was good for Goldie because Goldie just to, got to come out there and shit on me and then go and give his speech. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember hilarious. particularly. I just remember questioning the legitimacy of everyone deserving to have a dinner. Yes, yes. and I yeah. knew that that would strike at a truth, which was like, <laughs> yes. why the fuck are we buying these fucking people dinner? <laughs> hey, Steve, Steve Levitan, what is it? Would we call him the food challenged? Maybe Steve Levitan is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody said I think no. he's okay. Yeah. He's doing all right. Um, yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, yeah. all right. Well, that was fun talking about that too. And Goldie, we said we were going to be under an hour. I think we're sticking to that. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, that. so that was fun talking about toasts and speeches and, and please, if you have any funny, uh, toast stories or speech stories, you can email them to us at a typical disgusting display.com. We love reading them. At Gmail. At Gmail. Things at that Gmail. went poorly, not at things Gmail. that went well. We don't really yeah, want to Yeah, we don't want to hear about you. Oh, it was so great. Uh, it was so funny. Yeah. It was perfect. Hey, we don't, we don't want to hear about you succeeding. We want to hear about <laughs> embarrassing uh, friendship ending moments. Uh, but now let's get into a portion of the show we like to call Top 5. Top 5. Oh, that's beautiful, us. Beautiful. Okay, so this was uh, my top five this week, and in honor of Halloween that we talked about up top, top five this week is top five scary endings. Scary endings. So here we go. I'm going to get into it. Number five, I would be surprised if either of you have seen this movie, but it, it will never leave my head, in particular, the last 20 seconds. It's a movie okay. from 1983 called Sleepaway Camp. Has anyone heard of this movie? No. Okay, I'm, I'm going to spoil it right now, just okay. so you know what it is, because I, I don't recommend you watch it. It is not in any way a good movie. <laughs> okay. But the ending is crazy. So as, as the title tells, it's at a summer camp. Obviously, people are dying. They don't know what's happening. The main character is this young girl in her first time at Sleepaway Camp. She doesn't want to go. And then, of course, everybody starts dying and you're like rooting for her. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? The very last shot of the movie, it is revealed that, in fact, she is the killer. And not only is she the killer, they have this shot of her screaming, holding up a severed head. And as the shot pulls back, she has a penis. (laughs) And you realize the whole time that she was like her brother. It was this really weird thing. But that last shot will never leave my mind. It was so terrifying. And I saw this when I was like 11. 
Right. So that oh, was uh, that, that was sounds scary. very scary. 1988? Yeah. Oh, no, 1983. 83. Wah. Okay. Terrifying. <laughs> Number four for me, the original Friday the 13th. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's a great, that's actually a great horror film, obviously, because they made 10 more. But the end of it is like you think, you know, the main bad person is dead. Everything's cool. This girl kind of wakes up in a canoe and there's help on the shore like, hey, we see you. Then Jason Voorhees, that rascal, pops out of the lake, pulls her under. It was great. Great ending. Wow. Number three, Hereditary. Oh. I've never seen any of these movies. Hereditary is one of the scariest movies of this century, and the ending is is equally mind-boggling and terrifying. And number two, I believe this is by the same director, although I fucked this up before, Midsommar. Uh, I think the en- the ending of Midsommar is just so crazily bleak and awesome, <laughs> and then I the song it. too. Sommar's here, the time is right. Dancing <laughs> no, it in was, the street. It was mid Midsommar loving, had me a blast. <laughs> Summer time, summer time, summer time, summer time, summer time. All right, and number one, number one for me, and it wasn't even close. After the boys of Somar have gone, your song, Goldie's song, he's on fire. Number one for me, not even close. The Blair Witch Project. The final shot of the Blair Witch Project. They just, they absolutely nailed it. Could not have set it up more perfectly and you, it, you're realizing exactly what's happening as you see it and it, it, it's terrifying i've yes. seen none of those oh, <laughs> all right okay uh my turn yes okay yes i don't watch very many scary movies so these are going to be kind of uh soft so my okay. number five is the ending of a movie called heavenly creatures which oh, yeah. was kate winslet's maybe first or breakthrough movie where at the end right. they basically kill and beat the other friend's mom to death that's that was horrifying not Uh, a happy ending not a happy ending (laughs) number four one flew over the cuckoo's nest just uh psychologically kind of scary um yeah number three what's in the back seven maybe seven that when i saw that that was very scary to me yes bleak Bleecker Street. Number yeah. two, <laughs> The Shining. I was so, mm. the first time I saw the ending of that, I was so scared. And number one, we have crossover, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, baby, you know <laughs> I, it. It's, I never w- watched another scary movie after that. Nobody puts baby in a corner except, <laughs> except the Blair Witch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Goldie, All you're right. up. So number five, I had The Shining. Ooh. Yeah. Number four, Chinatown. Ooh, that was yeah, a bleak. Bleak. Good. bleak. Good one. Then I didn't really stick to movies. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Not, I love it. Wicked Scariest nice ending. Number three, the nineteen eighty six World Series Game Six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice you bastard! As it slowly <laughs> unfolded in real time. Oh, unbelievable! What an answer! What an answer! <laughs> Number that, two. The Space Shuttle Challenger. Oh, yeah. Wow. We all were gathered in our junior That's high school good... auditorium because local teacher oh. and hero was being launched into space. 
Uh, the amount of regional excitement was off the charts. Off the charts. We are watching a very 1980s, like maybe a 20-inch TV, the whole auditorium. Wow. Yep. It explodes. Oh, There's horrible. total silence for two minutes. And then my social studies teacher, Mr. Winslow, very slowly walked up to the TV, quietly shut it off. Wow. And then we just sat there. That's really <laughs> fun afternoon. Who, who wants kids. a trip to Wallach's? Yeah. Uh, and the number one scariest ending life. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> deep. It was deep. deep. Oh, my I God. Terrifying. Yeah, Ask yep. Suzanne Summers. Suzanne oh. Somers. <laughs> oh, Suzanne Somers. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, um, all right, so Goldie, it's your top five next week. What do we got? The top five favorite websites to visit. Oh, oh I like that. <laughs> okay. I like that. Keep it clean, I hate boys. most of the internet, but there's okay. maybe everyone has five good sites that other people should look at that they like. Okay. I have I have two of them that I look at on private all the time. I was going to say, <laughs> keep it clean. Keep it clean. <laughs> keep it, no, we're not going to keep it clean. This is an NC-17 podcast. All right, that'll be good. Next week, top five uh, favorite websites. I By the way, judging how bad you are with Zoom, there's no way you're on private mode when you're looking at those. You're <laughs> definitely You think you are. Out. Yeah, you think you are. <laughs> yeah, no, there are no JC secrets. literally has to get on and work your computer every week for you to get on this podcast, and you think you're like – like skulking I, around, I'm getting away my with secrets. it. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. My ma- my master plan of technology. Yeah. <laughs> Click on history. Yeah, it's, it's all there. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> What's history? Uh, Share history. Uh, yeah. Wait, history. Wait, wait what? <laughs> um, all right, that'll be fun next week. And now it's time to close the show as we do every week on a high note. Thank you, Tom and Max. Tom has been reaching out. He apparently has a new favorite podcast, which is about the United States Postal Service. So we've been knocked (laughs) off the top. Tom, I I hope you even have time for us this week if you're not (laughs) listening to a a podcast about stamps and zip codes. Um, All right. I'm going to start off with a high note this week. This is going to sound highly irregular, but my high note this week is me. Oh. Oh, an unusual curveball. Um, and again, this is re- this is related to therapy. The catcher missed uh, it, and it hit the umpire in the throat. <laughs> That's how much of a curveball it was. It, it, the team mascot <laughs> knocking him out. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, I, as I've said before on here, I'm, I'm really getting a lot out of my therapy. I think my therapist is awesome. He has given me, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm taking to it like, you know, will hunting in a a hallway chalkboard. I'm not, I don't figure everything out, but he gives me enough that I can go out into the world with that has honestly made my life feel better. And I just didn't really ever think that was, it was going that way after 30. Like you just don't think that like you're ever going to start to feel better about anything in certain ways. So the fact that 
this is happening and he's sort of given me this, these little gifts that I'm able to apply out in life. Uh, Name one. Uh, (laughs) That I, when I get angry about anything, it's me getting young. It's me being instantly taken back to the time of my childhood trauma when I was not encouraged to express any kind of negative emotion. And so I don't know how. And so when I feel very internally frustrated by things, um, that's me getting young and I've been able to recognize that it's not that I don't get angry or upset or anxious about stuff anymore. It's just that I'm able to see in the moment, okay, I'm turning very young in the way that I react to this. So wow. it's fine to be upset about it, but let's just change it up how we're reacting. That's for sure. One big thing. That's that's okay. JC, we can cut all that. <laughs> Wait, no. Hey, asshole. How dare you say that to me? I'm changing, goddammit. Hey, you're you. expressing. At least you're you. expressing. You're an idiot. You're terrible. Uh, all right, that's my high note. Next. Oh and now God. I'm Tony Soprano walking away from the Janice Yes, dinner. from Janice. That's, that's the dream. Oh, that's funny. All right, whose high note is next? Go ahead. Mine's super quick. I can go yeah, super sure. quick. Go for uh, it. Today is my mom's birthday, and I would love to say happy birthday, mom. Um, Hopefully you're listening this week. Um, She loves the podcast, but yes. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. Thank you, JC's mom, for (laughs) squeezing out this one here. (laughs) So uh, my older daughter has had this stuffed animal since she was two. It's a a stuffed penguin. She's very attached to it. And for years I've said, like, this thing should never leave the house because if we lose it the consequences will be too grave because she's immensely attached to it yeah so she went to a camp uh two weekends ago and lost it and uh i'm a little attached to the thing to be honest with you because like it's the last sort of vestige of her being young but she was really upset and we called the camp and they didn't have it and my wife and i were calling a couple times a day well I just received a text this morning. Uh, what? I don't know if you can yeah. see that. Anyway, it's, I just got, received uh, a text this morning, and my wife has gone and picked up the penguin, and I oh cannot wait for her to see it again. And that fucking thing is never leaving the just house. Just like you said. Just like just you said. nail it to the f- floor like a foie gras duck. <laughs> yeah. I'm just fatten that baby up. Well, that's awesome. That is and awesome. So thank you. I don't want to mention the camp because I don't want anyone to know anything about me, but- uh, I want to thank the everyone there and for, you know, because we explained the situation. I feel like they took extra care and brought it up at a That's camp-wide really meeting and, like, conducted a nice. pretty exhaustive search for it and found it. Oh, wow, that's well, sweet. Thank, thank you, Camp Wanakaki. Um, <laughs> is that not what it's called? Um, that was a fun show today. So fun talking about the speeches and Goldie, your your terrifying neighborhood at Halloween. Really fun. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you two for being awesome. And we will talk to you again next week. That was fun. Here, the time is right for dancing in the street.